0: The Big Issues is brought to you with the kind compliments of Kendall Machine Shop.
1: Does your car make a squealing noise and or your brake pedal vibrate when you apply your brakes? Like brake pads, brake rotors don't last forever. Rotors wear and can also become warped. Your brakes are one of the most important features on your car. At Kendall Auto Care Machine Shop, we can resurface your brake rotors without removing them from your car, saving you time and money. Visit us for a free inspection today. Call Kendall Auto Care at 562-1362 or visit us at the Factory Road Branch.
0: On Thursday, 28th January, the Prime Minister Gaston Brown unveiled what could be called the first COVID budget. It's the first budget presented to the Parliament since the onset of the pandemic, and it gave a stark look at the effect that the pandemic has had on the economy. According to Brown, some 11,000 people are estimated to have been made unemployed by the pandemic directly. This is a figure he attributed to data from the social security scheme, which reportedly has 40% fewer contributors at present because of the recession. The government projects that economic activity will have declined by 17% in 2020, as compared to what it was in 2019. In the worst affected sector, tourism, Cruise visitors for 2020 were only a third of what their number was in 2019. Stayover arrivals declined by nearly three-fifths. Construction declined by over one-fifth, and wholesale and retail declined by 13%. There was an 8% decline in the government's planned spending in 2020, in which there was a $1.7 billion budget. This year, we have been shown a $1.4 billion budget, which roughly means a 17% reduction in planned spending this year from what the government planned to spend in 2020. Now, the budget is, as expected, quite a lengthy statistic-riddled speech, two hours and 30 minutes to be exact. So here are some key themes which you might remember. The government promised, for one, no new taxes, but to rigorously increase compliance.
2: This budget introduces no austerity measures nor does it cut back on social sector spending on health, education, and public services. And, as I said before, no new taxes. The budget also introduces no new taxes on our people. It merely strengthens tax administration and improves tax compliance. We are also tightening up on the collection of taxes and duties that have always been payable, except that payment has been evaded or exemption sought
0: ministry allocations have been reduced in some cases considerably and that was the voice of prime minister gaston brown by the way for those who didn't recognize him the ministry of telecommunications information and broadcasting had the biggest percentage cut to its budget at 31 percent reduction from what it was in 2020 the ministry of social transformation has taken a 25 percent cut the Ministry of Sports and Culture has taken a 14% cut. The Ministry of Public Safety and the AG's office have taken a 9% cut. The Health Ministry's budget remained largely unchanged, taking a cut of less than 1% of what was allocated in 2020, but even education had to take a cut of around 5% of what was budgeted last year. Allocations for public debt payment have plummeted 29% from $613 million planned for 2020 to $457 million in 2021, which is almost identical to what it was in 2019. Pension and gratuity payments have dropped 23.5%, from $87.5 million planned for last year to $69 million planned for this year. Overall, the budget appeared to be an attempt to restructure public spending to maintain works, public safety, health and education budgets while making sacrifices in areas of debt servicing, pensions and gratuities and a range of other items. There was also a glimmer of hope in the usual rundown of projects ongoing or to begin in 2021, and the money they are projected to spend into the COVID struck economy.
2: Six, the 80 million US dollar Kaliluki project at Morris Bay with a US dollars $15 million injection this year. Incidentally, the government has gotten a commitment to borrow 10 million US dollars to inject in that project this year in order to accelerate its construction, or at least the start, or accelerate the construction because it started already, and also to accelerate its completion. In addition to these projects, work will continue on other properties, including private luxury dwellings across Antigua and Barbuda.
0: Again, the voice of Prime Minister Gaston Brown describing one of the projects that the government hopes will inject money into the economy this year. The government hopes that the economy will be buoyed by its continued works expenditure, its plan to avoid significant austerity, the promise of spending in other projects, and a gradual recovery in the tourism sector. On this segment, we'll be asking our guests, is its fairly positive outlook in line with expectations for 2021, and what will its social impacts be? Joining our panel for this discussion, we're happy to have Dr. Thomson Fontaine. Uh, Dr. Thomson Fontaine is an economist, a Dominican national, and is currently working in South Sudan. As an economist, he worked at the International Monetary Fund, the IMF, for 13 years. His work and writing have focused on growth, currency crises, development, fiscal management, and debt. He has also lectured in his field at the University of Maryland University College and at Clemson University. Uh, good afternoon dr thompson fontaine
3: yes good afternoon and a very good afternoon to you miss melakas and to your listeners it's great to be joining you this afternoon
0: Uh, we also have joining us on this panel dr anki joseph scott dr anki joseph scott is an economist and a national of saint vincent She is currently a lecturer of economics at the University of the West Indies Cave Hill campus. Her focus includes economic public policy analysis, public finance, regulation of financial institutions, and developing the Caribbean business environment. She has done research on the theory and practice of fiscal policy and public sector debt. And Dr. Scott Joseph also serves as a research associate of the Central Bank of Barbados and the Center for Economic Research. She previously worked as an economic statistician in the Canada-Eastern Caribbean Central Bank Debt Management Advisory Services Unit. She also worked as an economist in the Ministry of Finance in St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Good afternoon to you, Dr. Anki Joseph-Scott.
4: Good afternoon to you, Kiran, and good afternoon to our listeners. It's a pleasure to assist this afternoon in this very important
1: discussion
0: we have joining us as well no stranger to observer uh, dr isaac newton dr isaac j newton is a graduate of columbia harvard and princeton and oakwood university among other fields he has studied economics administration social policy ethics and public policy he focuses on organizational capacity building executive leadership government and business relations and political campaign management He has advised governments in Antique and Barbuda and is currently president of the firm Paramount Communications. Good afternoon, Dr. Isaac Newton. Dr. Isaac Newton,
5: can you hear me? Hello. I could hear you. Can you hear me?
0: Yes, we're hearing you clearly now. Can
5: you hear me? Hello. Clearly, such a pleasure to be here to join the their scholarly uh, um, uh, colleagues in addressing an important issue and to share beautifully with the audience in Antigua and right across the Eastern Caribbean. All right,
0: right, uh, Dr. Thompson-Fontaine, I said earlier that the budget appeared to the layman to be an attempt to restructure public spending to maintain works, public safety, health, and the education budgets while making sacrifices in areas of debt servicing, pensions and gratuities, and a range of other items. Would you agree with that characterization? What would you add to it? What would you take away from it?
3: Yes, thank you very much for this. I think that's a a fair way to look at it. Uh, The focus clearly is on trying to increase as much as possible the level of public spending that can in some ways compensate for the tremendous loss that we've observed in other areas. And in particular, you alluded to the fact that 11,000 persons were made redundant or became unemployed in the last year as a direct result of the COVID pandemic. Uh, this is clearly tied to the more than se- close to 63% reduction in the tourism sector that was observed that time. And, and the fact that the COVID 19 pandemic is particularly severe to the tourism sector has a lot of implications. The question then becomes, are those measures that are suggested with regards to increasing the public expenditures, will this be enough to compensate for the losses we have seen in the tourism sector? My fear is that we continue to see a decline in tourism for a significant part of 2021, in no small measure due to the fact that it will take at least by all measures by everything that we are hearing at least uh, you know six to nine months before we begin to see a turnaround in the pandemic so if we have to assume that the level of unemployment will continue to rise as a direct result of the impact on the tourism sector then it becomes a question of timing when will all of this kick in in terms of reversing particular trend and i think that is where it becomes critical so yes it's good that we've seen this this level of of um, spending proposed by the government that is that is useful but in a ways this is not sufficient to take up the slack from the tourism sector because we know that in the case of antique and barbuda tourism is, is a dominant sector in the economy so the fact that it will take some time yet for there to be a recovery in tourism can only mean one thing, that whatever recovery that you're looking for will be delayed well into late twenty twenty one.
0: And um, coming to you, Doctor Doctor Joseph Scott, would you would you agree with the characterization? Would you add anything, take away anything from it?
4: Kiran, this appears to be what is called uh, a very challenging time for any state to undertake its budget in this depressing environment. What what I see coming out here is a moderate fiscal expansion plan trying to achieve a 3% growth but with very small changes in um, spending. However, what, what I'm seeing as well is some emphasis on some key fundamental challenges that Antigua faces. The size of government, where the government adjusts like uh, wage freeze and some public sector inefficiencies, revenue collection, as it looks at how to deal with tax evasion and unemployment. The issue here with unemployment is the emphasis as um, my colleague just spoke about is in that sector for which has been hit very, very hard. So the idea is to ensure that the other sectors are also pushed So you can have some labor market fundamentals being addressed. So those 70% displaced workers who are in the tourism sector can find alternative arrangement or jobs in these other sectors that were highlighted in the budget.
0: And uh, coming to you, Dr. Isaac Newton, uh, your take on how you would characterize this year's budget?
5: No, I'm saying that I I certainly um, join my colleagues in, in, in indicating that this is an extremely tough Time and season for any state craft strategic approach to uh, economic revitalization. Um, we are dealing with a, a global pandemic. Uh, we are dealing with the drumbeat of our economy, tourism flatten. And uh, I, I am not as hopeful as the doc that in nine months is going to, uh, we're going to see some, 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 some movement there at all. I, I, I think with what's happening in the United States and Europe, et cetera. Um, no, nobody really knows what the outcome of the, the efficacy of the vaccine is going to be. Travel is frozen, economies are shut down, um, and as much as the Biden administration is trying to, to inject uh, hope into the budget by, you know, restructuring some, some policies, it is clear to me that the ripple effect of that is going to continue to affect the Caribbean. So the government must be given tremendous credit for its capacity to try and navigate a very, very difficult situation. Most disappointing to me, though, is that uh, we, I am not seeing any any innovation, um, and this time called for tremendous innovation when it comes to uh, what undergirds ec- uh, economic activity, investment in human capital, um, you know, and uh, with, uh, with technology being the way to go, um, you know, one want to ensure that the culture of learning is invested in where there is uh, where there are new tools and practices that could accelerate performance within the government and uh, within the private sector which is really really suffering um, if you are going to address unemployment then you have to address the issue of of uh, of education but you must also address the issue of health um, if if I am reading the landscape correctly it seems like if antigua is heading into a uh, a herd-infested challenge, and our healthcare system is not at all um, very packed to capacity to address that issue. And so um, I would have loved to have seen much more investment into health, because if we don't invest in our health, you know, we have no economy.
0: Well, I mean, Doctor, uh, uh, just to follow up on you with this, I mean, um, spending in health has, has, has virtually remained the same. Um, Education did did take a little bit of a cut, but of all the things that have taken cuts, including debt servicing, uh, health is among those things which which remains unchanged despite the fact that $300 million less is being spent in the budget. Um, So, I mean, what what more could have been – are you suggesting that we should have – or not we, rather, but that Antigua and Barbuda, the government – uh, should have allocated more than it did in 2020, uh, at a time when it has well, $300 it has million to, less because, to spend.
5: because we're having a worsened situation in our public health, in, the, in, in, in health. We're seeing the increase in the virus. We know that's going to increase in expenditure. In fact, you can't even get tourism up to par unless you get health uh, under control. Nobody's going to travel because of the public health protocols uh, involved both ways. If you're going to, if, you know, and people want to make sure if they're going to come, they're going to come in, in a safe environment. People are not just looking for recreation. They're now at a point where uh, they, their wellness and well, it happened to be a critical factor in the decisions they make when it comes to finances. And so it is being been put the government to put a lot more in uh, um, because we now know that if, if, if you take away, uh, the health will decrease. Uh, economic activity would 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 plummet. Um, you know, even the whole idea of the intangibles that drive economic activity, which is you know, people must have a sense of hope. They must be willing to take risk. They must you know be able to interact, etc. Uh, you know, if these things don't happen, uh, then we are in dire dire straits. So I think the government might have made a tragic mistake not to look very seriously at health because if that just tilt to the east five degrees. To the east, you know, wipe out how much 20,000 20, people in a population of less than hundred thousand.
0: All right. Well, let me ask. Um, let me ask Dr. Thompson Fontaine. As we as we look at some of the reductions we've seen, um, have we seen them in the right places? Uh, as we've noticed, uh, at least broadly across the appropriations, certain certain appropriations have remained the same despite the massive um, decline in the amount of spendable revenue. Uh, and we've seen quite a reduction in what we're spending on debt servicing and also what we intend to spend on pensions and gratuities. Uh, is, that the right, uh, is that the right path, Dr. Thompson-Fontaine?
3: Yes, I think what that points to is just the tremendous difficulty that the government is faced with, like governments throughout the region and, in fact, throughout the world. Because you have a situation where you have steeply declining revenues Yes, you need to maintain a certain level of spending. So what do you do? And it seems in this case, the government is opting uh, to, I suspect, incur some domestic arrears, which is probably uh, what it can do in the short term, negotiate with the creditors to see what kind of relief it could get in that regard. As I was pointed out previously by Dr. Newton, it is very difficult for the government itself to actually um, you know, to focus on, on health and to put the kind of resources that you need into health, because the resources simply are not there. Again, coming back to the fundamental fact that the Antigua and Barbuda's economy is tied so much to tourism, which perhaps the most susceptible part, of any country's economy to COVID-19. So yes, it is true that we have seen some nibbling here and there. And as you noted, the government has underpinned its policy going forward on three main pillars, enhancing revenues, increasing efficiency in spending. But in terms of what it can do, how much can it really cut back spending in an environment where that's what you need to do. You need to do more on health to safeguard the health of the public. Uh, And at the same time, you have to create an environment that would encourage tourists to come to Antigua and Barbuda. So it is extremely challenging for the government. And with regards to debt, I suspect it will need to continue to meet its obligations with regard to its uh, um, foreign debt. The government also pointed out, and uh, Prime Minister Gaston Brung noted in his statement, that he he was working on certain measures with using climate swap uh, for debts. I think that's a good thing. You, you absolutely need to explore new ways to reduce the debt overhang. Because in that, small, in that short year that we've seen, the debt to GDP ratio of the country increased from 67% to 89%. I mean, that is a 22% increase in just one year of the debt to GDP ratio. So it shows that Antigua is into a situation of very really dangerous debt levels, which will need to have to be serviced from a shrinking pool of revenue. The question then becomes, how do you remedy this? And it will take time. As I said at, from the start, it was, it is all going to depend on the timing of the recovery, when we are going to see that turnaround, when we are going to see tourists coming back to send, to um, Antigua and Barbuda in the numbers that are required to boost the levels of revenues.
0: And uh, Dr. Anki Joseph Scott, um, The Prime Minister has had a focus on reducing public debt, and he stated that repeatedly. Uh, And debt servicing in in this instance has been significantly reduced at the expense of maintaining things like health, education, and public safety. Uh, Is this a prudent path that we're on, do you think?
4: Well, Kiran, um, what I must point out here, although there is an indication of a decline, there's also an indication of an increase in the source of debt on the domestic market, and that's where the difficulty lies. When you have um, large um, levels of debt on the domestic market, and as the the finger stands now, you have about 47.5% on the RGSM that is programmed for 2021, uh, sorry, 2021, and 52.5% in loans and advances. Now, this has the potential to create some levels of risk. So, to deal with an issue like this, the government needs to consider how it can tailor its, its uh, maturity periods, those short- and long-term domestic instruments, to ensure it does not push itself into deeper debt, which would um, literally restrict revenues it expects to collect.
0: Mm-hmm. And let me ask you, uh, just a follow-up to that, uh, we have been having discussions on this radio station and and uh, discussions all around Antigua and Barbuda uh, expecting a recovery um sometime in the in the near future. Uh everyone is of course hopeful that the situation as it is now will not persist for years. Um, but let us say that we have to wait for that recovery in 2022. Uh, heaven forbid. Uh, what sort of implications does uh, an, a recovery way down the road, what sort of implications does that have for us um, as we continue to seek to try and keep our, our, our debt service re- repayments down?
4: Well, uh, the implications are governments are going to have to ensure that it, it pushes that demand, that demand that drives the growth in GDP. So it it implies that more economic activities should be driven in the economy and policies which can help to create some feasible potential. For for instance, the CPI, some innovative um, measures may now need to take place to drive those programs, to reduce that strain that might be um, resulting from the risk. Because no one knows how long this crisis we're in is going to last no one knows how deep it's going to be and you have a number of unemployed persons who would be added to the list if certain things are not corrected and this itself can put a lot more pressure on government purse. for instance their their transfers and subsidies um a lot they might find that they have to expand on that because the public purse those who now become dependent on the public purse goes up and the expenditure that they would have um, allocated are uh, planned to carry out are uh, literally way in excess from what they have programmed so to control that we we're talking about ensuring that these projects that are planned are rolled out and that we have some productive sector to offset that cost of debt servicing uh,
0: uh dr isaac newton the prime minister has responded yep. to those suggesting uh, stimulus uh, those who have been saying, well, the government needs to create stimulus packages and, and, and inject money into the economy in various ways. Uh, he, he's responded to that in the budget by highlighting the maintenance of already existing health and social expenditures as, as existing subsidies. Um, Covid initiatives, which began last year, the government assistance program, which has extended vouchers to persons that they can redeem at supermarkets, also a barrel initiative. Um, it, it's expected that these sorts of initiatives will continue. Uh, is there any more that the people can can ask for or should ask for, Any is there any more feasible, do you think?
5: Well, listen, these are very difficult and tough times, and and I think it's a belt tightening it's a it's a fiscal uh, discipline approach that um, we all have to cough up. It's going to take a a whole village of cooperation a whole um, uh, sense of, uh, of hope. Uh, our colleague just talk about the fact that we don't know how long this thing is going to, to last, and the government have a very difficult... You, you, you see, you're planning in a situation where you really don't know. The variables are, are, of the unknowns are pretty, pretty difficult. And yet, so you have to maintain you know, the, the, the basic drumbeat economic activity. You have to address issues of unemployment, you don't. That, that's going to increase if they, if if tourism, you know, th- does not recover. Um, you know, th- you have to deal with controlling debt. Um, you're trying to invest in 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 in, in roll out other 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 projects. You're looking at the CIP program. Um, that may not be as attractive as it used to be. People can't really travel. Um, you know, it's a very very difficult thing for the government to do right now. I think. Trying to maintain some level of stability is, is very crucial and important. And uh, perhaps one of the things that the government can do is to show an ethic of care by, by if it's demanding that other citizens uh, and uh, uh, the private sector and all uh, stakeholders in, in government, um, you know, uh, be, be, be very mindful of, of in, in, in wellness through its public health policies. Um, it must perhaps uh, show an effort of care by reducing its, it cutting back on some of its salaries. I mean, yeah, perhaps that's what the government needs to do. The let me ask. So the rest of the panel. Let me ask the rest of the panel what they think about that, Dr. Isaac Newton.
0: Um, uh, first, you, um, Dr. Thompson Fontaine, uh, salary cuts. Is that something that we should be seeing, perhaps at the highest level?
3: Uh, <laughs> 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 see, you see, the government that the government's face you know throughout in a time of where persons are losing their jobs um you know persons were able to maintain or to sustain their jobs so they probably now have increased responsibilities um if i were advising the government i would not move in that direction i believe if you look at the very bleak outlook uh, that we have probably the, one of the saving graces in in our economies in the Eastern Caribbean, is the state of the, of the banking sector. So what this means effectively is that you can rely a bit more on the banking sector to extend some of that relief to persons who have lost their jobs. So, for example, um, individuals who otherwise would have to be paying off their loans and so on, they can get uh, probably some grace periods attached to that. I know that was done uh, during 2020. More of that needs to be done. In other words, how do you relieve the burden on individuals whose incomes have disappeared? And those who still have jobs probably have a greater dependence now because mm-hmm. they have more persons that, that are not relying on them.
0: Let me put the question. So to... I think
3: looking to the help to the, um, to the banking sector is probably one way to help alleviate some of the pain that we'll not really have to endure for the next few months.
0: Uh, and, but doc I, and want if to I could get Dr. Dr. The Isaac Newton, oh, give me, okay. Dr. Isaac Newton, give me a give what. I'm putting the use same use question to, to Dr. Anki Joseph Scott, whether or not um, she believes that uh, salary cuts is something that is a prudent measure at this time.
4: I'm sorry, Kieran, can you repeat your question?
0: Uh, whether or not, um, as Dr. Isaac Newton suggested salary cuts, um, at any level perhaps even at the highest level of government ministers themselves do you think that is a prudent measure uh, if the government is trying to reduce spending at this time
4: uh, not necessarily because there are other ways even if government takes um, off the book salaried um, payments there are other ways for them to contract um, employees without placing it within that category of, of salary and wages so it's it's not necessarily the most efficient way uh, because the, the objective is not to make, put more persons unemployed and not to put more persons in below a certain expected income bracket. And so it is very difficult for me to literally address this question from an economic standpoint. But what to add, there are other ways. I, I just wanna add one other thing regarding how can they find some fiscal space, particularly now, instead of addressing uh, wages. There is a tendency for, as we know, tax evasion and tax avoidance. And in our societies, especially now, where we have that small gap, government can literally offer these businesses ways and means for which they can literally have um, tax breaks to employ persons, to provide other services. So there are little innovative ways, I mean, maybe seeming small, but little innovative ways for which they can find space. The idea is not to hurt anyone. The idea is they have to plan for the worst and expect as much as possible that the strategies may not work.
0: Well, uh, Dr. Isaac Newton, you you were speaking in the interim there, so I, I want to give you a minute to um, perhaps reply to what's been said uh, just before we move on to the issue of taxation.
5: Remember, um, there are non there there uh, there are intangibles that drive economic that uh, undergird economic activity, stability, and foundations. And if it is that people uh, have lost their jobs, and as much as my colleague indicated that. Then perhaps more efficient ways to do that. But uh, understand there is the social psychology of of, um, collective um, um, belt tightening. And so I'm not suggesting that one has to cut wage and salaries right across the board. I'm just simply saying that if the government, uh, if if our leaders are saying that everybody must, this is a tight ship, uh, a difficult space uh, for us to navigate, and it seemed to me that there is a compassionate way to lead by saying we're in it with you. We understand your pain. We can identify with your sorrow. And one of the ways in which we are going to demonstrate some level of um, uh, of, of psychological connection. Because remember, at the same time, these guys want to win the next election. And they can't. people can't be losing their job and thinking the government uh, members of the of government are eating fat. And, and, and they've been... Mm-hmm. Big. They're going to say, "Well, no, we, we, we don't want this." So one of the ways in which they could demonstrate a level of um, of compassion and togetherness is to say we're going to cut our wage wages, and and uh, perhaps in in so doing we can prefer, you know uh, uh, identify with the populace. Mm-hmm. Remember, you know, I, I, I economics exists within the vortex of political activity. Let's, um... and, uh, and and it's very important to make that kind of kind of link with, uh, linkage. If people, if, mm. the, if voters don't see government um, um, in it with them, then they're out. Mm.
0: Let me, um, let me, let me play a clip. Let me play a clip uh, when the prime minister speaks about the issue of tax collection, and we, we can have a short uh, discussion on, on tax collection.
2: Careful note should be taken that in twenty nineteen, of every dollar that was collected by the customs and excise division, unfortunately, an equivalent amount was waived. This is not acceptable nor sustainable. Therefore, the decision has has been made to gradually reduce total exemptions to no more than 25% of potential revenue. And I know that there are times when our constituents continue to put pressure on us to provide waivers. But you must understand that this is not a time that the government could give those discretionary waivers. And we are asking for individuals to reduce the pressure.
0: Uh, uh, Dr. Thompson-Fontaine, the Prime Minister says revenue collection must be increased and to be frank, he says this every year. Uh, We seem to have a chronic issue of Uh, both compliance and effective enforcement in terms of of tax collection. And so we essentially hear the same thing every year, that revenue collection and compliance is is not good enough and that it needs to be increased and that the government is seeking to increase it. Uh, I think uh, the situation now would be most pressing than it ever was, or more pressing, I should say, than it ever was before. Uh, But your reaction to to that, to to hear that, well, according to him, um, half of what could be collected at customs is given away in discretionary waivers.
3: Yes, that's one of the, of the issues that I have noted about the situation in Antigua and Barbuda having to do with the collection of taxes. And it is shocking that you have for every dollar that is collected, a dollar is forgone by way of waivers. I mean, that is clearly a leakage in the system and the government's ability to strengthen that would certainly help. But as you rightly indicated, it's a problem that has plagued Antigua and Barbuda for many, many years. And uh, I'm not convinced that this is necessarily going to happen in any uh, short period of time. Obviously, you will need to strengthen very much your, as you said, not only the compliance, but how you pursue um, those who continue to apparently receive legal waivers and um that has that has its own its own implications as well. But, well but certainly something that i believe that that is one area the government absolutely needs to focus on if they're going to enhance have any chance of enhancing your revenues we, we, I um, this in addition to
0: that well i, I was going to ask you just a quick question we yes um well, f- well again according to the prime minister um 50 of what could have been collected at customs in 2019 was given away in waivers uh, and of course the 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 the, the, the interest that persons have in seeking waivers is because customs duties are, are high. Uh, throughout the Eastern Caribbean, uh, of course, we know that one of the ways that small island governments make money is by, is by using the Customs and Exercise Division uh, to charge import duties, basically, on everything that comes in, regardless of whether it's made in the country or not. But if you're waiving, and this is the question I want to ask you, if you're waiving half of the, 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 the collection anyway, uh, why not just lower the, the rates and then charge everyone across the board.
3: Yeah, absolutely. That is a, that is certainly a, a more prudent measure, and that is something that the government should consider. I think that is better, certainly better than, than because it is set arbitrarily high. And I understand that part of the reason why custom duties are so high in Antigua and Bermuda is because the corresponding income tax rates are exceptionally low. I believe it's now at 10% when he moved from 0%. So that has been in an effort to come for the low um, duties, on, for the low taxes on income. But the fact that you have to give halfway in waivers means the rates are too high. So looking at the structure of the customs systems is probably one way in terms of having some serious tax reforms in um, Antigua.
0: And uh, D- Dr. Anki Joseph-Scott, your take on this issue, having having heard that, that clip just a moment ago, um, discretionary waivers, uh, tax compliance, uh, what is your take on the government saying, look, we need to increase tax collection and we need to increase tax compliance, at the same time it's admitting that it regularly gives away uh, quite a bit of revenue in in waivers?
4: This is definitely a, a good effort on the government's path, uh, but the the drawback here it's it's not going to achieve um, the the expected benefits in the short run and the budget we're looking at is a short run budget within 12 months and so these require more fundamental and institutional regulation and arrangements to ensure front middle and back offices are all in line to achieve this objective so to encourage the willingness to play and the cost and minimize the cost to comply There are other strategies um, definitely needs to um, undertaken within this short period for them to achieve the levels of revenue they expect to from this gap being
0: closed. And uh, Dr. Isaac Newton, your your take on this issue?
5: I certainly agree with my colleagues. Uh, uh, Oftentimes, these decisions are politically uh, advantageous.
0: Uh, Dr. Thompson-Fontaine, we used to have a personal income tax in Antigua and Barbuda, uh, continuing on the issue of taxation. We used to have a personal income tax. That was repealed by uh, the Gaston Brown administration. um, And the prime minister is presently saying uh, that uh, wealthier persons are not paying their fair share of taxes. If I could play a, a clip for you.
2: In other Eastern Caribbean countries, the ratio is as high as 27% a differential of 10 percent. Some countries are collecting 27 percent and we're at 16-17 percent. That cannot continue. Clearly this system of lopsided advantage cannot continue. The practice of tax avoidance and especially tax evasion will be addressed. It robs the majority of our people of benefits they are entitled to enjoy while a few gain greater individual prosperity. We cannot have a superclass robbing the revenue and plunging people into an underclass we will make sure that there's equity in the system and that every single person every citizen could share in the economic gains of this country in an equitable way it is a just thing to do and it is not right it is not just
0: uh, so dr thompson fontaine um, who is the prime minister speaking to here? is he speaking to uh, all of antique and Barbuda at large or is he speaking to um, those uh, who are of means, uh, wealthier persons who he says are not paying taxes.
3: Yeah, I think he, his concern there is that, for example, in, in Dominica, persons earning a certain level of income will pay as much as, as you know, 30, percent on their incomes. And he's lamenting the fact that in Antigua it's as low as, as 16 to 17%. So there is certainly room, as I said, for tax reform that would probably realign those rates. I know Antigua is historically had a, a very low income rates, and I think at one point they they raised it from 0% to 10%. Uh, and um, But it looks like the, the highest level is around 16%. So clearly there is room for... Um, readjusting that and well, i would i would just jump CSA in to say here.
0: i would just jump in to say and i i i don't believe i'm incorrect but we don't have we don't we no longer have personal income tax in antique and barbuda it was repealed in 2016 if i remember correctly
3: okay but he, he, he made a reference to to the dif- differential um, that is being paid in in other countries compared to antique and barbuda so so there is some some rate that has been that has been charged at some at some level to high income earners and the question is, can you readjust this rate? And I think what, what he is alluding to is how do you basically um, level the playing field? how do you level the the, um, the burden that individuals have to pay and as it stands now, it appears that the the poor um, part of of the of the population that that is burdened with the VAT, for example, where where you pay this 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 um I believe your, your rate is probably as high as 17 percent. Those who pay those rates of of VAT they pay the same as the as the wealthy people. So clearly there is room to to look again probably at the at the income tax um, regime and if you want to continue to pursue to persist at this zero percent. But clearly clearly what this alludes to and what this says very very loudly in a period where your revenues from other sources are seriously challenged in the time when your customs revenues are on the threat that you probably have to take a closer look at income taxes and see how those who earn more can in fact make a better contribution to the economy uh
0: dr isaac newton are you hearing us clearly
5: Yes, I'm hearing you guys very
0: clearly. Before we go on to the next issue, I want to come back to you just to, to get your take okay. on this, this whole tax issue.
5: Yes, I, 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 I agree that they, the, government, the, the Prime Minister is hinting uh, to, for the need uh, for radical tax reform. Um, uh, and can't be a piecemeal approach. It has to be one that is thoughtful uh, within the context of this economic depression. Um, and with all of the uncertainties uh, that, that, that it seems to imply and suggest. Um, uh, and and, and co- of course, we're not going to be able to change that, that culture overnight, but the goal towards uh, equity is very, very important. That burden must be distributed and benefits must be shared right across the board. Uh, um, you know, It's important uh, to ensure that uh, taxes are indeed equitable and just. So I don't have a problem with the Prime Minister, setting that as a goal. The question is, how do we change a culture where taxes have been politically aligned? And, uh, and even the waivers' um, uh, culture has been very much uh, premised and predicated not so much on, on need that could then resound in, the, in, in increasing economic activity, but in, you know, in, in dealing with political favor and engaging in political loyalties. And, and, uh, and, and I'm aware that there's the economic of politics and the politics of economics, but, but um, it, you know, it, it requires a re-examination of our tax system so that we can begin to look at how do we increase revenue uh, um, uh, and engage in economic stability in a context where all of our plans as, as my colleague indicate uh, may not necessarily work because the variables we don't know we don't know the length of time we don't know when 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 the the the, the, the fiscal space for for tourism will, will 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 be rebooted um you know it's a very very difficult time so the government must navigate some some uncertainties at the same time try and establish some basic fundamentals um, so that it could keep the, the economy afloat. Mm.
0: Um, Dr. Anki Joseph Scott, I want to ask you a quick question about um, uh, Eastern Caribbean monetary policy. Uh, in, in situations such as these when you, you have crises and, and economic recessions, how, how well does or how well can um, the ECCU monetary policy respond to help nations? Uh, especially as you know each nation can't determine what they wish to do with their own various rates Uh, it has to be collective action and that can uh, have its drawbacks i would imagine
4: hey kieran um before i specifically speak about the eccb let's look at the the monetary policy monetary policy would have a quicker effect it would have a, a more immediate effect because you know it creates money supply and lowers interest rate however in terms of the ECCB, the Agreement Act, um, I think it's the Agreement Act of 1983, that's where the conditions are established about borrowing under what they call um, reserve tranche. So with those reserve tranche, each member state would have their profit sharing for which they would be allowed to um, draw down or access borrowing. But there are re- limitations or restrictions on how much um, literally they can um they can source. D- these strands are, however, restricted because they. I think they go between 1 to 17 years. Um, what we're looking for in a time like this, it's not short-term but, um, debt. We're trying to have longer-term debt with lower interest rates, and which would help that redemption period to be scattered so we don't have too many debt being retired at the same time okay but um to add to this though um the eccb would have provided financial support to its member countries from those one of those fiscal reserve tranche um last year which is still active now to ensure that countries can address some of their um conditions Um, just to add to that there are two general tools that the monetary council uses which is literally to reduce the discount rate by about two percent and change the credit allocations to bank and government um, between um, i think it's a share of 75 25 but usually governments don't um, utilize this approach for financing budget financing
0: all right and um uh, dr thompson fontaine i just want to one more question to you and then one more question to dr isaac newton before we wrap up Uh, but to you dr thompson fontaine um the question has been asked whether or not uh, there would be the uh, uh, pressure to devalue the EC dollar. Do you think that's something that we have to worry about?
3: Uh, yes, let me answer this very quickly. But just before I do, let me just clarify something with regards to the tax rates. The, there's a 0% from income below 36000 but 10% applies to incomes between 36000 and 180000 And I think that's what the Prime Minister was alluding to uh um so just wanted to clarify that secondly um with regards to the devaluation of the eastern caribbean currency this is something that has come up repeatedly in fact from the time the caribbean dollar uh, that regime was established in the middle 1970s uh, almost every year there's a discussion as to whether or not the ec dollar is overvalued now when you're looking at whether or not the currency is overvalued you have to wait in terms of what is to be gained. If that value is to go down, so for example, somebody might you in the case of Antigua, it may be a good thing because it means now, if for example, you were to the value say by 25%, the person coming from the U.S. would be able with the same dollar would be able to procure an additional 25% with that dollar. What this could mean, it could translate to that um, you would have now you would now have more, more tourists because the, the you know it becomes cheaper, your, your product becomes cheaper. Um, but the problem about a, a, a currency union is that this decision has to be made by several countries altogether. And that is where the difficulty comes in. So it's not simply a question of Antigua. But for countries like ours, Dominica and others where you have a high level of imports, it becomes a very difficult issue because as soon as you devalue, then automatically you're going to increase your the amount you're going to spend on imports so it is not necessarily a a viable a viable option uh, simply because the caribbean economies the eccb does not have a lot by way of the exports that they can really attract if they were to go into that in in that direction.
0: And uh, Dr. Isaac Newton, uh, our final uh, word for this segment, I, I want to ask you about the social outlook overall of this budget, uh, and we will leave it there once you finish your comment.
5: Well, it, 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 is, it, it, it appears to be at the surface bleak, um, but at the same time, the government is trying its best uh, to um, maintain some level of stability um, especially uh, in the area of education and and health very very critical it has cut back on sports um, one could understand that because the public health protocols would require some quarantine um, um, you know but but at least you know it, it it's pretty short term the government has indicated that it is going to maintain certain levels of the economy. Um, it's going to try and those crucial fundamentals keep it together. It's going to address the issue of, of, of debt reduction. It's going to cut back on on uh, tax waiver. It's going to uh, try to uh, pursue a path of, of uh, tax equity, um, uh, um, shared burden, and shared benefit. Um, but it's doing all this in a, in an economics global and regional and, and local space with, with the variables, are uh, unknown. And a global pandemic has ravished the, the world and, and, uh, and, uh, and ransacked our, our economic space in the Caribbean. And, and small island states, we don't have a lot of, uh, of, of room, um, even if we try to be very innovative. Um, so, um, it's, it, you know, it, it, it looks difficult. Um, what, what governments can begin to do is to, um, I, I believe um, the psychology, the, psych- the social psychological um, ethic of um, shared burden, uh, uh, leaders demonstrating a, a sense of being willing to make sacrifices um, or, or at the same time projecting hope and optimism, which is very, very important. Those intangible inform behaviors and shape the, the way in which people engage in risk-taking behavior, mm-hmm. um, and and uh, and ultimately um, continue to encourage people' well-being and, and wellness. Uh, mm-hmm. That the government, you know, has to do that. But I think that the, it calls for not a class leadership um, 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 and a sort of a caught-in kind of a uh, brutality and matter-of-factness those kinds of uh, approach will 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 not prov- uh uh redound politically well for the leaders in the, in antigua at this point yeah. we the people need a, a softer more compassionate uh a milder uh a, a, a style of leadership not that not one that will sacrifice the truth but one that will pre- present difficulties mm-hmm. uh, um, and at the same time provide uh innovative space and the intangibles of hope for our people so that their ingenuity, intellectual uh, resilience uh, can make them become a little more innovative at home. All right,
0: right, we're going to have to leave it there. We want to say thank you to Dr. Thompson Fontaine, uh, Dr. Anki Joseph Scott, and also to Dr. Isaac Newton. Thanks to all three of you for joining us for this segment. The Big Issues is brought to you with the kind compliments of Kendall Machine Shop.
1: Does your car make a squealing noise and or your brake pedal vibrate when you apply your brakes? like brake pads, brake rotors don't last forever. Rotors wear and can also become warped. Your brakes are one of the most important features on your car. At Kendall Auto Care Machine Shop, we can resurface your brake rotors without removing them from your car, saving you time and money. Visit us for a free inspection today. Call Kendall Auto Care at 562-1362 or visit us at the Factory Road Branch.